Hello and welcome to this episode of the Drum Network podcast, which is all about agency business models. We know from your emails that this is one of the most evergreen topics that we've ever covered on the Drum Network, whether that's on the podcast or across our many articles. So to discuss everything about agency business models, from how it impacts the agency-client relationship to how it actually informs how we think about our own agencies, I'm joined by four amazing guests who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves now. So to begin with then, Georgie, I wondered if you could give us a quick introduction to yourself and your company. Thanks. Yep. So I'm Georgie Monaghan. I'm Sales and Marketing Director over uh, over at Propellernet. So Propellernet are a digital marketing agency. Um, we work sort of arm in arm with remarkable brands to help them thrive. Very nice. And Chris. Hi, afternoon. Uh, my name is Chris Woodward. I'm UK Group MD of Oliver. Uh, we're now a global business and we build, um, design and run in-house and bespoke agency ecosystems for our clients um, pretty much anywhere in the world. Nice. Fantastic. And Shana? I am Shauna Bellot. I am the co-managing director of Strawberry Frog based in New York City. And uh, we are a movement marketing agency, which means we lean in heavily on activating a brand's purpose. Very nice. Well, that'll be very handy for this discussion then. And Natasha, finally, who are you and what do you do? Yes. Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm an SVP and partner at Known, and I lead our media buying function. Known is a full-service operating system for modern CMOs. So all the services you can imagine an agency performs in the most modern and data-driven way possible. Nice. Fantastic. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this discussion on agency business models. I'm delighted that we have a kind of breadth of experience and of uh, expertise. But to begin with, I wanted to ask, two years ago now, we heard from Keith Weed. Um, who asked if agency business models, as we have thought about them in the past, are now fit for client purposes. So I just wondered if, maybe if we, if we start with you, Shana, if we can go through and sort of, when we talk about agency business models, are we talking about that on behalf of ourselves or are we talking about it from a kind of client perspective? Well, I thought it was interesting looking at that because I got the sense that he was looking at it a little bit more from the client perspective, where I typically think about it on a, a day-to-day -day basis from the agency perspective. So, um, and I, I think that the answer in terms of all of these questions that you posed will be a little bit different depending on which perspective you're leaning more heavily into. It can be complicated where we've gone back and forth with our model of how, how true do we stay to simply uh, leaning into what our expertise is versus expanding based on what the client's needs might be. We've had clients come in and say things like, well, this is great what you do, but really we need performance marketing. Mm. Yeah, well, sure, I suppose we could put that together for you. We could have some expertise come in, but then we thought, well, is that really where we want to go? Is that, is that, are we going to actually change our existing business model mm. to address this one particular client's needs? Is it really worth the revenue? Um, because all of a sudden that's who we are. Is that who we are? So it gets a little bit complicated and we found ourselves doing it sometimes and then actually reversing course a bit and saying, you know what, that's, that's actually not only is that not necessarily the direction of where most clients are going, but that's not actually the direction of where we're going. See, that's fascinating. I think you've teed up so much of what we can talk about today. George, George rather, I saw you nodding quite a bit uh, throughout that. What was, what was really leaping out of you? Um, I just, I think over the last 
18 months, we've massively just doubled down on where we know our sweet spot is with clients. Um, we look for a lot of shared values with our clients as well. So we know that we're going to absolutely fly when we're, real, we're all the same sort of, of flow and everyone's sort of moving in the same direction. There are times when we've just stepped back and said, you know, you're an amazing brand, mm. but we're just not the right agency for you for this one. And, you know, that actually, whilst it's a bit of a kicker and obviously I'm, I'm sales director, that's a <laughs> kicker for me, but it's the right thing for us. And it feels nice to be that transparent. I think over the last sort of two years, massively, we've had more co- confidence to be transparent and honest with brands as to where, where we suit. And um, it's really interesting because we start to sort of from the marketing side of my role as well. Now I look to other agencies as well. And we, 10 years ago, we never would have done that. But other agencies are coming to us for specialisms and things like technical SEO, for example, that it doesn't make sense for them to, to try and, and do and, and try and match for that client. It makes sense for them to come to a technical specialist for that. Um, and likewise, we go to sort of above the, the line agencies and things. So mm. it's it's definitely a changing, there's been a real shift. I think it's more open, more transparent and a bit more bit more um true to who you are exactly as Shana said nice fantastic and Natasha you're also nodding along there where we were talking about that I think that's exactly right um I very much aligned with what you said Georgie we also have had I mean we've had a crazy few years known as an agency and as an entity has only existed for a few years and so as you can imagine we've been growing and learning and pivoting but one thing that we have really learned about ourselves in the past year is the kind of clients we want, the kind of business models we want to engage in and holding true to that is not just good for our business, but also for our people, right? Like making it clear what our vision is, making it clear what we stand for. And I think that has been very powerful to step into our business model or our business models that we will adopt and stay away from things and actively say no to things that um, don't fit. And, and like Georgie said, that's a very difficult motion. Obviously, there's a lot of attractiveness in that short-term revenue. Yep. Uh, but, but it's important, I think. Nice. Absolutely. And, and then, Chris, I wanted to get, before we sort of move on from this topic, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So Keith Weed said that um, it's he believes it's best for the client slash advertiser to be clear on their brand development strategy and therefore what services they require and that the agency can then respond to that. Do you kind of agree with that uh, client-focused mentality or is it is there something to be said for kind of an agency almost digging its heels and saying, actually, you know, this is what we're good at? Um, it's an interesting one. And I guess our whole business is predicated on building very distinct offerings for each of the clients that we work with. So, you know, no two offerings are the same. And I think when it works best, we're so enmeshed with our clients that we could actually help a, a brand come up with what their, almost their business strategy is that then informs the marketing strategy. And we do that with, um, numerous brands that we work with at the moment. So I think that, that proximity that, our teams can get because we work in such a different way with our clients. It's very powerful actually. And it helps those brands get ultimately closer to the end customer actually. And I think primarily our operations are geared towards getting, getting the brand closer to the customer rather than coming particularly from an agency or client standpoint. So I think that's the spin we would have on that. That's nice. A kind of symbiotic approach to it rather than anybody taking the lead. Yeah. Nice. And Chris, if we can stick with you then, because I wanted to, get your take on this as well. How do you think the conversation around agency business models has changed over the last couple of years? Where have we seen people put more attention in terms of how things are changing? Uh, 
Agency models, or certainly the client appetite for different agency models has definitely accelerated. Um, it was accelerating pre-COVID and COVID and everything else that that entails has um, compounded that and we've seen huge growth. Um, obviously, that's particularly attractive from our point of view because we do have a different model um, and have been you know, running with that model for 18 years, um, first in the UK and now internationally. And the growth that that's enabled us to achieve, I guess, is a testament to the fact that Clients do want a different way of working with their agency partners. And I think it, it, it's it, in some ways it's perhaps obvious because there's so many different outlets for consumers to connect with brands now mm. and um, this always-on mentality and so on. And if you were to work in a more traditional way that's more focused on producing campaigns and spikes of activity and so on, that's just not going to be practical for the majority of what um, brands need the majority of the time. So in that sense, I think the the evolution of the client's appetite for different agency models has, has massively accelerated. You know, uh, maybe a couple of years ago, maybe the question would have been, should you consider um, building an inside agency team? Mm. Whereas now the question almost is, why wouldn't you do that? Why would you go with a traditional agency is almost the conversation now, I think. And, and that's interesting, actually, because we've seen that shift in the con- the contributed articles that we've had from our drum network members as well. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Shana, then where have you seen that kind of that that change in focus on uh, agency business models coming from? And do you agree with Chris that the kind of the demand for more choice, that kind of plethora of choices, audience habits have changed, has accelerated? I do. I, I have uh, I've come from all sorts of different types of business models in the past, the the large agency network, the small, the, um, and, and what I find so interesting, what has changed from, you know, 10, 20 years ago, is it used to be that you just had to put out some great creative and then win some awards and then you get your clients and then that's it because there was not a complex media landscape. There mm. was not I mean, when I started, there was barely the internet. I mean, it was just, it was, you know, the media agency was actually within the same agency group when, you know, when I started out at DDB. And then I, as things got more complex, I think that clients realized they need much, much more expertise in different areas from their agencies. And so all of a sudden the the model has had to shift to, well, how do we, how do we bring together all of these different levels of expertise? Do we do it all under one um, all these models have now existed. I mean, I couldn't believe there were actually 20, but I looked at it and I thought, yeah, actually that, that makes sense. Do we bring all these different expertise under one network? Do we have different agencies that come together and collaborate? So it is quite complex, but I, I agree that uh, the need is, is there because of the changing environment. And so something I want to flag up then, I don't know whether Georgie or Natasha you want to take this, is has that complexity by nature, changed the the, t- the types of conversation we're having with clients. Is the fact that there is much more choice actually helping push this conversation around agency business models forward? I think for us, we just we always just bring it back to what the client problem is and just try and drill it down to that. Um, in terms of for us, we tend not to label so much, and it is very much about that problem. So sort of thinking of the range of clients that we work across and and the different ways in which we work with them there are some who are I mean you know they will have as much knowledge as uh, one of our senior consultants with 25 years experience working across multiple brands so they create this amazing sort of innovative sounding board they bounce off of one another and it is it's it's an extension of the team 
So which obviously goes back to what Chris says, but then we're still on that that traditional agency model where we're almost just there as like that sounding board mentor consultant level and we'll go in and we tend to sort of help build out teams where we do trainings a bit to upskill their team and then on the other hand where a client might be sort of the other end of the spectrum and, and sort of earlier days in their own personal knowledge then we'll tend just to take it all on and, and from that so it yeah it there is there is um complexity i suppose in there but we just naturally fall into it and i think as an, it's quite a small independent we're, we're agile enough to be able to do so nice fantastic well we're definitely going to come back to that last point but before we do natasha i just wondered where you think that kind of what is driving that change around or rather the conversation around changing agency business models is it audience habits changing is it that complexity where do you think the kind of the the, the key points are that we need to be discussing I think there are definitely a few factors, but I think, Chris, earlier um, in your comment, you hit on one of the major ones, which is the desire to own more of marketing in-house, whether that means full-on in-house creative and buying, or if it means just a stronger in-house team that can collaborate with the agency more closely. And I think what we're seeing is different brands are at different stages of that journey. And each of the stages necessitates a very different way of working. Um, and so we see that firsthand on some of our clients and, and you see like, they'll say things like, oh, we want to co-pilot with you. It's not the same thing as we want to completely bring it in-house. It means like, oh, we have some capabilities in-house, but we really need to work with you on the things that you guys do. And we want you to keep owning it, but we want to work with you on it. And all of those different stages in that gradient have required for us some adjustment in, in our model. And like Georgie was saying, like we're agile, we can do that. Um, and I think it's just being ready to adjust for, for that kind of demand from clients. So I hadn't heard that uh, co-pilot term before. Is that something that the rest of you have all heard? Oh, but I like it. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to say probably the English version of that, which isn't as sort of as, as snazzy, I would suppose, which shows the Englishness. <laughs> Well, in fact, we can talk about that agility side of it now because we've heard from a lot of our own agency partners over the Drum Network that they're hearing from clients potentially that some agency business models are hamstringing the ability of agencies to be agile and kind of react to some of those new opportunities. So if we stick with you then, Natasha, I wondered, is that something that you have seen? And then we can move around because obviously you've all got very different experiences coming from different sides of agencies, from the client side, all this kind of stuff. But Natasha, where do you think that perception is coming from? Yeah, I mean... I, I haven't seen it so much in my experience here at Gnome, but I, I, there are a few things that kind of um, are aligned, I think, with that thinking. One is that I've seen clients, um, some clients are looking for very bare bones commoditized services. So they almost don't want that thought partner in an agency. They just want one particular servants, mm -hmm. service split out. And I think in those cases, uh, a, clients are probably overpaying a bit for what they're asking for, because if it's that commoditized and cheap, it can probably be done even cheaper <laughs> with technology or offshore. Um, and B, they end up creating a model where they don't get the creativity and the intellectual firepower from their part, their agency partner because they are so focused on one particular cheap uh, executional service. And so that's an area where... Again, it's not super common, but it's something we've seen a bit of recently. And, and it's, it's I think, related to this desire to control and in-house as many things as possible. Um, and if, when you reduce to that extent, I, I just think it's difficult to get all the value you could from, from um, an agency partner that's ultimately a people-based model. I, I have not personally experienced that either um, in terms of feeling hamstring. To me, the, the biggest shift that perhaps could drive that would be the creation. And, and I think um, 
perhaps Natasha, you're alluding to this, of the in-house, working with the in-house agencies. And we've been experiencing this recently where our clients are like, oh, we're building this out in the house. We've got our in-house team. And yet they still come to us um, to do their work. <laughs> so it's almost like they've doubled up in a sense. Uh, and I don't know if it's that they have, um, but, you know, we we say, okay, you know what? You've got your team and we'll now build out our team that complements your team, our co-pilots. Or, but, um, but it is something that we wouldn't necessarily have planned for because the clients actually had not perhaps gotten um, used to their own in-house model. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That does. And that's, that's a fascinating way to flip the discussion and actually turn that on to the kind of clients being less um, aware of what the kind of agency business model situation is as well. And so Chris, as you've gone from, you, you mentioned kind of you're much more international now, have you mm. seen that perception shift about how fast agencies can move as you have grown? With our model, we've been we've been very lucky in that we're so orientated to what the client and the end customer needs that we've been very adept at moving quickly with the ups and downs and the cycles of whatever's going on in the client's world. It's one of the things that helped us react very quickly and very positively um, with the whole COVID situation mm. in the sense that you know we were able to adapt how we deployed our people for our various clients. Um, you know, such that we didn't make, you know, have to let people go. In fact, we 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 grew quite significantly during the COVID years. Nice. Um, because we had that flexibility inbuilt into our model. I think if I contrast that with perhaps more traditional agency models that I've worked in in the past, whether that's you know, BBH, Sachi and Sachi or or whoever, um, they're they're very fine agencies and they produce incredible work and so on, but they produce one type of work mm. in one type of way. So there isn't really flexibility built into it. It doesn't feel massively in tune with what the brand possibly needs all of the time it's brilliant for certain moments but if you need a long-term partner who's going to up you know adopt and adapt to the the cycles of whatever your marketing um journey is as a, as a client they don't feel particularly geared to that and that's where i think um we found a real sweet spot and have yet therefore been able to build really collaborative relationships with our clients that evolve over time um, you know, if I if I look at any of our client relationships, they might have started at one place in in year one, but year three they'll be completely different and they'll be configured in a different way. And you know, in year four it'll be different again. And we're really up for that and taking both the good times and also the challenging times with our clients where we need to go backwards a bit. Um, we're we're for that long term journey. I think nice. That sounds like a much healthier way of going about it rather than that kind of very homogenized one skill only type approach to it. Um, so Georgie, how have you seen that kind of conversation evolve then about not necessarily upskilling, but going on a journey with clients? Yeah, it's it's a funny one because I don't think until we sort of actually sat back and reflected, I don't think we realized actually how much it has changed over the last sort of five, five years. Sort of so I mean, obviously the last two years massively accelerated. And sort of two years ago, we were actually we productized offerings to actually, I mean, the size of client that we like to, that we have real success with, the point when COVID hit in and everything was sort of um, accelerating really quickly online to actually productize some offerings into something that was almost like a SaaS offering to say, well, we can help you with this so that you can uh, get everything up and running and really maximize this sort of e-commerce and D2C opportunity. The interesting thing is we never sold any product 
But what it did is start a lot of conversations. And just, I think, because we were just showing what we can do in slightly different ways to brands who were all of a sudden paying a little bit more attention to to what they needed to do Mm. at that time and the speed at which that change sort of happened overnight. That was a really interesting one for us. It is massively, I mean, we've always been, we're a small agency, there's 40 of us, we're very, very agile, we're independently owned, you know, we've got everything that sets us up to be like that. But I think it massively gave us confidence to actually see that working in that way can be profitable. So we probably take on a lot more project pieces now than we ever did. Um, But exactly as Chris said, those project pieces, often you get on well with the people that will then lead to another project, which might lead on to a retainer. So those conversations keep going and and it does evolve into an incredibly different way of, of working and often not for the first sort of problem or challenge that you were brought into solving. So. No, it totally makes sense. And just before we get on to the penultimate question then, uh, Charlotte, how have you seen that kind of conversation change internally over the last, well, you know, Chris used to phrase the pandemic years, but have you seen it change over the past like two, three years? Um, You know, I also think we have been very lucky. We've worked with some amazing clients who do think of us as partners and therefore um, they trust us. So that I think that what happens is they end up trusting a a kind of core group. And then if they come to us and say, you know what, we have this need and this need, and perhaps it was something we hadn't talked, spoken about before. And we are also, we're small and we are very agile. We definitely find a way to get most things um, done through sometimes strategic partnerships, or we might outsource them in there, but we, they trust that we will bring to them exactly what they need effectively mm. and they work but they really just stick with their core group and they they say okay you know if you're going to do this ai um we don't necessarily need to meet the folks behind how you're going to get it done we trust you and it's going to be great so that's an amazing place to be in and then so we spoke there about partners and natasha you spoke about kind of co-pilots before which leads neatly onto our next question which is about labels so i just thought as a bit of an intellectual exercise we could go around and talk about you know, Sean, I mentioned those 20 different agency models before. We could talk about how we sort of define our own agencies then. So, Natasha, how would you describe your own agency? Which model would you say it fits into? Oh, man. I mean, it's a, it's <laughs> a loaded question. Um, I, I think it's probably not just a single model. Like I mentioned earlier, we're really full service and that we can do media, we can do creative, we do market research, we do brand strategy. So in some relationships, we operate under one of those models and, and we still abide by the same principles throughout the organization. But it looks like a very, um, you know, it looks like a more simplistic relationship where we're the media agency or we're the client, uh, the creative partner. But then honestly, our preferred model and the one that's becoming more and more popular is a more integrated model where we are working together with our counterparts in creative. I say we because I leave the media team. So (laughs) media buying with creative, uh, with strategy. And honestly, that's where the client gets the most bang from their buck working with us because then you get to actually have your agency partners talking together every day in service for in service of the client. Um, One unifying thread throughout that I think also distinguishes us is we have a very like premium lean model. So as opposed to taking the approach of um, training a bunch of junior people from the ground up and having uh, a ton of people to work on a given engagement, we instead lean more senior and a bit more premium. We have many data scientists on the team too in the media buying side, which is part of our data-driven approach. And I think uh, in order to enable that model for the agency, we've needed to lean heavily on technology to automate things that are more manual and actually uh, allow us to staff in that way. That's another area where uh, 
um, we often describe ourselves that way to our clients and they can live that when, when they work with us. Oh, fantastic. And I do want to come back to that last point. But Chris, I think you mentioned, uh, actually gave yourself kind of a, a label in terms of uh, agency model earlier in your introduction. I just wonder, do you think you fit into one specific label or is there a bit of uh, blurring of the lines? Question. Um, I think we've got one very specific focus for how we how we work with our clients, and that's definitely that we build these dedicated teams, which are dedicated to each individual client. In terms of how each of those teams are composed, there's huge variety. You know, they they can range in scale from our smaller teams will be three or four people dedicated to one client. Our bigger ones will be somewhere in the region of 550, 600 people on a single single client engagement. Um, in terms of the skill sets that we offer, again, that's so bespoke to each client. So mm. we can go very broad and we can look after pretty much anything in the path to purchase funnel. So we can go from ATL through to your e-com, through to your more CRM focused work, to your POS, et cetera, your web builds and so on. You know, we build global websites for the likes of uh, well, various brands and so on. Um, so, you know, the skills we can deploy are very broad but the model is very focused. It's about building a dedicated team that's retained and it's there to, to you know, service your always on work day in, day out and be there for the long term. And I think that focus has really served us well because, um, you know, a client has got to be up for the change and working with that model. And there's a bit of natural selection that goes on. And if mm. the client wants to, you know, um, shake up how they do their marketing, um, then we've got a very good and clear system for how we how we can help that and en- enable that, I think. Very nice. And actually, Georgie, then based on what Chris and Tasha have just said, do you think there is, I mean, what is the purpose of labeling agency business models, considering that there are so many uh, ways we can not fudge, but we can actually broaden out our definition? And if there is a point, when is it important? Um, I think it gives you direction, doesn't it? Sort of just looking at the in-house, well, it sort of internally and the agency team as a whole, it gives them direction as to and and um yeah, and just that knowledge as to who they are um and where they fit, which I mean it's interesting because I came into this conversation adamantly saying we do not label our model and and like refusing to think that we actually <laughs> fitted into everything because we are agile. But now I'm walking away and I think Natasha's um, summed it up perfectly for me and it's that integrated element um I think again I mean both sort of Chris and Natasha have both said you know that that element to go in and to work under the skin of a brand and to for us to to see a client that we match values with and that are open to working in that way allows us to operate in the most effective model of an agency because we can, you know, we are working with our most senior consultants. We will be working with the client contact day to day. We don't put a level of account management between them. They are dealing directly with the specialists. So then it becomes that in-house sort of element in many ways and an extension. So if you're not integrated and if the client's not up for working in that integrated way, then there's always going to be challenges that you face sort of day in, day out to work in the most um, effective and, and yeah profitable way for both client and agency. Yeah, absolutely. That, that makes so much sense. And then Shana for Strawberry Frog, do you have a specific label, a, a specific box almost that you put yourself in when you talk about models, particularly when you're reaching out to clients, whether that's kind of new clients, existing clients? How do you describe yourself almost? Yeah, no, it, it is really interesting because you put your capabilities together and you, of course, you don't necessarily say, oh, we're the, you know, we're the network. You don't actually say it. 
But then in these conversations, you realize that the prospects or clients that you're speaking with are, are really thinking along those lines because you'll sometimes hear things like, well, you know, we reached out to you because we don't want to, we want to be the big fish in a smaller pond. And then you realize what they're saying is we don't want a big holding company type. Like we've had a bad experience there. Therefore that model doesn't work for us. So mm. they're actually trying to get to know what your model label is, even if they don't ask outright. So if, if we had to label ourselves, I mean, technically we would be the individual agency. I'd say we're part consultancy as well. Um, you know, we have had clients that prefer to actually sit in our offices with us, which we actually really like. Um, it's simply just, hey, are you open to us having someone that that is simply there with you? It's like, great. Yeah, sure. We'll set them up. That'll be the room. So um, that's also another way of working. No, definitely. It actually sounds like a much more collaborative way of working than a lot of our agency partners. Uh, you know, we get the impression at the drum uh, that sometimes there is a bit of a, uh, by design, a disconnect. So actually having somebody who's there sounds like a really, really good and collaborative way of going about it. Just for that, over the last sort of couple of years, the fact of the nature of the way that business has happened is all of a sudden you're in your client's houses and, and it's quite a personal thing. Like when you have a new business call, you, you're straight into their lounge or their sort of home office. So it it kind of in a way breaks down some barriers to allow you to to work that much more personally and and a sort of at that level where you do sort of feel like you are working sort of yeah as that extension and and as sort of one team from each other's houses which is very odd nice chris you were, you were not along that's something you've got experience of as well yeah both in the sort of literal sense as we're doing today where i think at least one or two of us are dialed in from home um and um I guess also just with our with our model, you know, pre-COVID, uh, a lot of our teams would have been based in the client offices. Um, so, you know, the majority of our our, our colleagues, our staff, um, four and a half thousand of them would have been based in client offices of one location or another. Mm. Um, now it's obviously much more hybrid and much more virtual. Um, but I guess the, the proximity, um, that close proximity, both in the literal, but also in the intellectual and the collaborative sense really helps you unlock value for clients mm-hmm. um and you know we found that to be very very compelling um in in the various engagements that we have that's why i've got this virtual background because i don't want anybody to feel like they know me so i, I want to maintain that kind of air of mystique the entire time but natasha you've got that you've got the final <laughs> but natasha you've got the final word on that then to what extent has location and the, the the nature of the past couple of years actually changed how we think about business model if we are not physically working directly in somebody else's office quite yeah oh it's i mean it's changed a lot i think it's changed a lot for just even internal internal models to internal cultural models um for us it's we have just started to really get into the groove with working remotely, which is funny because now it's likely that everyone's going to return to the office by the end of the year. But I do think it, I mean, it was a radical change. It was a radical change in like how frequently, how frequently we talked to clients, how accessible we were. I mean, it used to be the case that with some clients, the main touch point would be in person. So they would wait until that moment to really, you know, give you the major next next direction or to, to hear about the work. Now it's sort of like accessible at any time. Um, you know, anywhere. And I think that that has uh, really changed expectations too. And some, sometimes in a positive way, sometimes in a way that has made it harder to control for things like scope. Mm. Um, but, but overall, it's going to be interesting. I think this year and next year as models shift again, potentially, and some folks return to the office and there are different expectations for agencies or clients have returned to the office. I think that will um, undoubtedly require another shift. 
Yeah, and that's undoubtedly going to require another conversation because that that's its own topic that we're going to have to come back for in a couple of months' time and sit down for another 45 minutes or so. But uh, thank you so much for taking part in the discussion. We've rattled through all the questions that I wanted to ask, and I want to keep in as much as I possibly can of that conversation. So what I'm going to do is ask you as a final question, if anybody who's listening wants to reach out, bend your ear, get in contact with you, uh, either as a lead or just to kind of get your expertise um, or even just have a chat and invite you out for coffee, which is always nice, where's the best place for them to reach out to you? Georgie? Let's uh, say so LinkedIn for me. So Georgie Monaghan on LinkedIn. Very nice. And Chris? Uh, LinkedIn for me too. So yeah, very welcome to get in contact with me at Chris Woodward on LinkedIn, or you can find me on our agency, which is oliver.agency. Uh, and from there, you can probably work out my email as well. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, nice. And Shana? Uh, same. You can always reach out to me on LinkedIn, Shauna Bellot. And I believe that uh, my email address is also on our Strawberry Frog website. So um, feel free to check that out as well. Very nice. And last but not least, Natasha, where can people reach out to you? Yeah, I um, would love to chat. LinkedIn is probably the easiest and the best. If you prefer email, um, Natasha P at known.is, but LinkedIn is, is probably easiest. Perfect. Well, I'm sure that we'll have this discussion again. It's an evergreen topic for us at the drum. And so thank you so much, Georgie, Chris, Shana, and Natasha for taking part. It's been a fascinating discussion. I hope the audience has got as much out of it as I have. But for now, thank you so much and goodbye. Goodbye.